What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dissect That Film, where we dissect your favorite films, film franchises, and TV. Today is a very special episode, a little bonus episode for everybody. We're doing something that we ultimately never done before, and we are interviewing somebody who is in the film industry, who's made movies, who's acted in movies, and I'm very excited about it. I'm your host, Brett Parker. Joining me, as always, is the wonderful, well, over here, Angela of DNA <laughs> Gaming. Sorry. Got to mix up where everybody is today. And joining us is a filmmaker and of, of a wonderful movie from 2021 called The Letters, Robbie Walsh. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. So, <laughs> Robbie, we, uh, we met a little bit ago on Twitter. You reached out and... Um, you know, you had to, you had this movie. You sh- you 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 asked me if I would if I would uh, watch it, and I said absolutely. And I watched it, and boy, was it a, a gut wrencher! It's an um, one of the most emotional movies I think I've ever seen, and that's not to try to, you know, sound, you know, make it sound more than what it is. But yeah, this movie was something that I've never really seen before because it's something. That is based in reality. And um, I, I want to thank you for that. And also, again, thank you for being here. So, Robbie, why don't you um, talk about, uh, you know, you're here as our guest. So I want you to talk about yourself a lot because this is about you. So t- uh, tell us who you are, what you do and, um, you know, why, you know, what got you into this uh, business uh, to begin with? Um, well, my name is Robbie Walsh. I'm from Dublin in Ireland, um, and I'm an Irish filmmaker. Uh, I was an actor first, um, and I studied, funny enough, I really kind of started studying acting when I was in the military, um, and kind of went from there. Wasn't getting a lot of auditions. Or any parts I was getting were fort guy from the left <laughs> with hello or something like that. So I started writing, um, started making a couple of short films and then stepped into features. And my most recent is the one you're mentioning, The Letters, which uh, is set against the backdrop of uh, the cervical check cancer scandal that's happening here in Ireland at the moment. And it's inspired by it. Um, And yeah, if any of our listeners want to know what that is, Google it and... um, yeah, that's that's kind of all I could really say on that one. Um, it's it's a horrible state of affairs. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's. I mean, as you know, me and Angela are from the United States, so it was definitely something that we didn't know anything about. Like watching this movie, this brought a lot of things to light, and it's just it's horrific. Like how you know, you know, we can talk. You know, the 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 state of affairs for the you know the U.S. government or whatever. It's one of those things like things that happen in your own country can also happen in other countries. Like it's not you're not, you know, isolated. And something this severe and something this drastic is it's it's crazy how like it's it's not talked about, even though it's not part of our country. Why are are we never hearing about something like this? Because this is something that could easily happen anywhere. I think the more frightening thing uh, is that when you say. 
if it's happened here, it could happen anywhere. Has it? Hasn't it? You know, I mean, if if it has happened here, it's more than likely happened somewhere else. You oh, know, absolutely. And that's just a straight fact. I don't mean to sound like a. I'm, I'm, I'm just people conniving against us, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean the the facts on on this situation speak for themselves. I can't get too into it. <laughs> I don't want to have somebody banging on my door about it, you know. But right. um, if you research it, if people look into it themselves, they'll understand what, what I'm talking about. And it's it's a scary, scary uh, rabbit hole to go down. The performances in this movie are unbelievable this wasn't watching this movie i felt like i wasn't watching actors i like i was watching like real like like you were it was more like watching a documentary like you're you were in like actual victims houses like seeing their lives and the 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 three uh people that we see in this movie are living completely different lives and to see the the views, the viewpoints of, of each of these characters is amazingly done, beautifully shot. And, uh, you know, uh, and correct me if I mispronounce any of the names, but uh, Sarah Carroll. Yeah. Uh, Ka- Kathleen Warner Yeats. Yeah. And Mary Murray are your three, like who you who you're focusing on in this movie. And. Like I said, they're all into, like they're all completely different from each other. They're all doing completely different things, and I think it's it's just beautifully done. How you know you get to see, you're seeing this, you know, people living their lives, some not so great, and some, you know, it's it's one of those unfortunate things, you know, having to deal with, you know, it's a deteriorating disease. And then you have another character who is directly sort of involved with the the whole situation around her that's going on. And then, but ultimately, but she doesn't really, I don't know. I feel like, can you explain like uh, one of the, uh, I think it was, is it uh, Sarah Carroll's character, her situation, the whole thing? Cause that one, I was kind of figuring it out, but I feel like I was a little confused by like what her position was. So what 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 I wanted the character of uh, Sarah's character um, and her name is pronounced Kleena or Cle- a lot of people say Cleona. It's it's an Irish name called Cleena. Um, what I wanted her she was more kind of a bureaucrat involved with um what we call the national um health centres. You know, it's a made up um organisation within the film. But we wanted her to be sort of like a pen pusher who was sort of sort of sits at the crossroads of where the paperwork would come and go. And she wouldn't do she would literally pick up the phone and say um, did that, you know, was that test OK? Yeah. OK, grand. And hang up the phone and would only go on what she's told, which made her the perfect scapegoat. So I made the character and um, with Sarah Carol's immense help as 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 the actor she is. We made her sort of um, mildly on um, the autism spectrum um, where she would just do her job, be as concise and or, or be as um, right down to the crossing the T, dot the I and walk. I'm just like, is the paperwork in order? Is my desk OK? 
everything's done today, I'm leaving. Um, without really having any kind of real social skills. So, um, and that kind of blows up then when we see when the, the minister and his publicist walk into her office on the day when she's discovering all of this is falling apart around her, you know, which I'd imagine white knuckle, a, a lot of people get white knuckles watching that scene, you know. Uh, that <sighs> scene I had to walk away. <laughs> made me so angry. That scene made me so angry. And we have to, we have to, shout you out because you play the minister and i didn't know that and i feel so stupid now because i always pull up imdb when i'm watching a movie like i have to i have to visually see who is playing who and i really didn't like you <laughs> i didn't like your character i was like dang it I mean, that's that's ultimately it. which i know in which you did a fantastic job of playing that and i hate the term gaslighting i i I hate that. But I'm like, oh, why are they doing that to her? And then it made me sad for her. And I was like, oh, like so many emotions. Like I was angry and I was sad and I was like. We ha I had spoke to some of um, the people affected by this um, and some of them who have been in a very similar situation. And we thought we had done a huge exaggerated version of that person and the victims or the survivors and the campaigners have said no you are mild we i thought i was doing an exaggerated version of that type of horrible I, i'm gonna get wound up here but when i spoke to some of the people that um went through that they said no you were very mild you were like underplaying and i was like wow why they really that bad and you're like oh you've no idea so there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you did a fantastic job. Uh, well, thanks. I mean, you know, it's uncomfortable. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like I stated earlier, the, the performances are just fantastic because of the fact that it that they don't. You know, you when you watch a movie, you're watching actors playing characters and they and most of the time they feel like characters. These it like you are the performances are are making it seem so real, like the huge, emotions. A huge amount of uh, improvisation on set. Um, I just said to the actors, you guys have to just. I had to just leave it with them. I don't want to speak on their behalf. I mean, hopefully, I mean, you, you can, I can, you can track them down from we each actor through my Twitter page um, and I'm, I'm sure if you want to speak to them, they would happily do it, but um, without speaking on their, on their, on their method. So, um, I mean, that was a, like so much of it was down to how they were be able to just create and be in that moment and be allowed to be in that moment. You know, it was, it was, it was marvelous, but heartbreaking to watch, you know, um, very somber walking away each day, you know, I, I could only imagine. So you being, you know, you being from Ireland and, uh, you know, was, is this something that is like, was this like a huge, is this, I mean, you say it's still happening today. Yeah. Like how big was it when it first was found out? Like, um, I don't think people fully grasped exactly what was going on. Um, there was campaigners coming out and speaking about it and really forcing the issue. So you had like, um, 
you had campaigners like Graham Walsh, uh, Vicky Phelan, uh, Lindsay Bennett, Emma Vic Mahuna. Um, it, they were really coming forward and really pushing to get this out there. Um, when we finished, uh, when we went into production on the picture, um, it, the number was two over 221, I think it was, uh, and rising, but the number has gone up significantly since then. Um, but a lot of people we speak to, the, you can't, like, the film is inspired by it, and we can't get too much into who said what, because um, I think there's a lot of cases still pending, you know. Right. What made you want to make a movie uh, about this, you know, whole thing? Um, when, like I said, I, I've been asked this before, when, when I first started hearing about it, I'd said to myself that that can't be right. Um, this has to be a little bit inaccurate. What is going on here? And I remember my sister had come into the house um, and had told us something. And I remember when I learned more about what happened, um, especially with Miss McMahona and Miss Phelan, when they were saying, you know, how ill and how progressive it had become with them, um, I sat and thought. Jesus Christ, you know, what happens if, what would happen if my sister or my mom or my niece came in and said to me, you know, I've been told for years, I've been healthy, I've been going and doing the right thing medically, but they knew I wasn't well, but they decided just not to tell me. And now it's gotten to the point where I can't get better and I don't have a lot of time left. So I have to get my affairs in order. And could you imagine that? And I said to myself, I need to do something here and I can't go start screaming at the top of my lungs about it because I'll be just ignored. So I just did what I I can do. We can make a film that can hold a mirror of the society and anyone who watches it has to think about it and look into it and realize that, you know, it it happens does happen and it can land on your doorstep so i don't know they're just some of the picture some of the reasons i made the picture um, and the way i made it yeah i mean it's a it's, um, i took some artistic choices with it as well you know the way that you shot this you know it, it, everything is black and white which i feel is very appropriate for the subject matter and everything that is going on and the transition to the, your use of color in this movie is so unique. And I think it was especially, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, the way it concludes and seeing it, it's just, it's heartbreaking seeing all the characters in their, you know, in that final state and what could have been, or kind of seeing them in, a more like it what if things turned out better what if things i mean that's how i interpreted it you know clearly you know you had your vision and everybody else will interpret it what um what made you uh, decide on going with that style when uh when making the movie like switching it from the black and white to the color um you know for um, what I needed, I needed that punch at the very end 
where people realize that that's it, like this is it. There's no happy ending. Um, and when we punch into color, especially at the at the height of the uh, Claire de Lune um, crescendo, essentially, um, I wanted people to kind of take that last breath. Whereas they're taking, you know, when you see that color hit with Sarah staring right at you in the back, you sort of inhale. And as you inhale, it's it's the opposite to what's happening with the characters on screen because it's their last exhale. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you go, it, our characters on screen are going, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So as you take that in and you hold your breath, you're watching how our characters and these people are seeing themselves for that moment, the very last moment where it's almost like the death of Venus, you know, the the the, the person, the people who, who keep the world evolving, you know, keep the bloody human race going, are just slowly passing away. And that's why we, we, we have it, 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 the whole moment where it's it's the last second of life and how they imagined themselves and how they could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I'm just kind of going from there. It's it's I don't know, it's like the you know, that moment as well, like as far as films go, there's homages within the film. I mean it's it's a huge nod to the the colour and the Wizard of Oz. Um and it's a weird thing to add together. Um but yeah there's many, 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 many meanings each and every frame um, and it's been a while since I've watched actually the film itself you now so I'd have to go through every note to understand why I've done every single shot again so I'll have to I, mean, I think it's a bit of a long-winded answer did I answer the question absolutely absolutely <laughs> you 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 go on man I this this is all you I what made you choose each character's story like they seemed so relatable, I guess. From me being a woman, like I related to every woman. Um, you said her name was Cleana. Yeah. Um, as I'm not not you said that she was the bureaucratic. I'm not necessarily um, in that part of. But I I feel like that that antisocial part of her really resonated with me being me being me and um, Sam being the mom. I mean I have three kids, so and Mary being the one taking care of her mom. I I just felt I guess more. Like why why did you why did you choose those stories? Um well I needed to kind of represent sort of everyone within within each person uh, and each character. And there's a lot of underlying mess underlying issues with each story as well, which which again are other scandals that has happened over here. Um for instance, with with Mary, um, 
Kathleen Yates and her mum, who was kind of late stage uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, um, she's resorting back, she's regression, regressing back to when she was a kid. Um, now, within itself, there was, there was, there was um, issues in Irish history with younger women, uh, young girls or single mothers who got pregnant and were taken away from the families and put into the Magdalene laundries. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, so the Magdalene laundries were run by the church and single mothers were taken there because they were seen as being sinful. And they were made work seven days a week cleaning laundries for God knows for any amount of places. Uh, but the babies were taken off them. And recently there was a septic tank in Ireland in a place called Tomb where they found hundreds of dead babies just thrown into it. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it's strange to find myself talking about these things now because I haven't really done it yet. And what I wanted to do was a, was was kind of su subtly address that. So you have this story where, and this also happened, where babe, kids were taken from single mothers and sent away to orphanages to be adopted in America, which is why Kathleen Yates plays the role spectacularly, um, and it's why she's American. Um, so Kathleen plays this character when her mom was very young, got pregnant. We don't know how, but she was very, very, very young when she had the baby and the baby was taken over and sent to America. And then Kathleen found us out uh, and or the character of Mary found us out and came home to find her mom. And when she did find her, She's a few years together now, and unfortunately, the mum has developed late stage dementia and is resorting back to when she was a kid and forced was taken to the laundry home. And all she can remember is that she's terrified of her treatment within these homes. And then we have Mary, who now is developing late stage cervical cancer and she's worried about what she's going to do to take care of her mum, which ends in a heartbreaking way. Um, but these are, there's like each story is a little onion. Um, so when you peel the layer back, you find another scandal that has been ignored, another scandal that has been covered up. For instance, with Mary Murray's character of Sam, who has their, our, our four kids, we find that when she's looking up what she's going to do about her kids, there's been problems with um, um, orphanages and the treatment of, of kids in, in special needs in, in, in the young, in the, the, the kids' homes. And even then with going back to Mary, when she's looking to take care of her mom, there's been massive problems with old folk homes and the treatment of old folks here in Ireland. Um, so each each story, I had to kind of really address subtly all these other things that have been ignored. Um, and in order to do that, I have to base every single character as human, as as just m going through mundane everyday things that that they do. So what me and you would do. So when you, I'm not speaking for you, 
um, I'd imagine that when you get up in the morning and the kids are running and walking, screaming and don't want to go to school and you're trying to make them breakfast and every day the patience gets, oh, Jesus Christ, will they just eat their breakfast and go to school, you know? On top of it then comes, oh my God, I've just been told that I don't have very much long to live. What the hell am I going to do? Um, so everything, yeah, every character has to be rooted in just the normal kind of every day trying to just get one day one step at a time and i had to make them kind of relatable it's strange that you said you identify with, with the three characters because each every time you speak to somebody they, they say they identify with somebody different within the film um but yeah i mean that's why each character is the way they are. sorry that was a oh. long one oh, that's great <laughs> sam the thing, I mean, every story is so tragic in in this in this film. Sam's is one of those where she's a single mom with four kids, but she also is in pretty deep with. I'm guessing these are kind of like loan sharks or like you know, like they the people that like give out loans. But then she's also is is um. She meets with the with the gentleman who gives out loans and he comes and he's trying to collect the money. And then there's two other guys. Are they part yeah. of like are they part of like a mob of some sort? Yeah. So, uh, again, this is another thing like. Um, God, I have to be careful how I frame this one. Um, like organized crime in Ireland is sort of it's kind of the Wild West in Dublin at the moment with that. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, but with the other character played by David Gilner, uh, who's one of the producers on the picture, he plays um, what used to be a company in Ireland called Provident. And what they would do was they would do payday loans or um, they would do these monthly loans. So they would turn up to your door and they would get you to sign. They would give you a loan of, say, a thousand euro and you would have to pay. 50 euro a week back out of your wages but by the time you pay it back you've paid back almost 1800 euro does that you know what i mean but oh, you yeah. don't notice you're only paying 20 quid a week but next thing you know you're five months in you're like god damn like i'm still paying this bloody loan off you know uh i got suckered in by that <clears throat> i took one of these loans out when i needed money and i just realized then i'm like holy shit and the more i looked into it the more i realized they were so predatory because when you cleared off one loan, they would come to you and say, well done, you cleared off your 1,000 euro loan. You've qualified for a loan now of 2,000 euro. Would you like that? Or 3,000 euro. And, you know, someone who is sitting living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, you're, you're paying 20, 30 quid a week out of your paycheck. All of a sudden, then you're told, hey, there's a wad of cash in front of you for you know, four grand or three grand, 99% of the time people are going to take it, you know? And next thing you know, it goes from paying 20 quid a week to 30 quid a week to 50 to 60 quid a week. And next thing you know, you're in this horrible cycle where you were paying 20 quid a week for three months. Now you're paying 50 quid a week for 12 months, you know? Yeah. And it was so predatory. They were real, like, the, the, you are literally better getting loans off gangsters because it wasn't costing you as much, you know. 
um, which is what the, the kind of joke was. Um, but with the, the gangsters in our movie, um, it was a member of her family who had taken loans out by them and the debt had been passed to her. So, but they were ruthless. And just like the official legal loan agents, they were like, we don't care about your four kids. You know, we yeah. want their money. So they, they were identical. It's just one entity was legally allowed to do it. The other entity technically wasn't. But in the end, the gangsters helped Mary out more than the legal entity did. You know, yeah, they definitely saw they definitely saw that she wasn't doing well, and you know, it, yeah, it were. I hate like I I when the loan agent is there, and you know they're trying to get a certain amount from her. And yeah. she's like, I, I need to have enough to feed my kids. And, the, and pretty much she's just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't yeah. care that you're, you need to feed your kids. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. And, and there's like decisions that she makes where you're just like, don't do it, Mary. Don't do it. Don't. And then she does. And you're just like, oh, no. Yep. Beans and toast. It was, um, yeah, the, the line there. Uh, beans and toast. You know yourself. Yeah. And then he asks her for a cup of tea, you know. Oh, I, every time one of them would be like, oh, could I, you know, when they ask it, I was like, ah, oh, it, just, it just burns you inside. It's like you, you're, you're, you're being the way you are. You're demanding, you know, her to pay up and, and then you're going to like treat her like that. Like that's just awful. We, you know, it, it was another thing I wanted to hit on with that, with the, those, those characters and that, you know, the gangsters are saying to her, I'm not getting shot because, you know, the money you owe, we owe. Right. You know, if you don't pay me, I can't pay, and I'm going to get shot. So, like, they have, you know, incentive to hunt the money down. The other guy is like, I don't know, you just give us the money, we'll get you more money, but you have to give us the money, but we only want it because we want to make a profit, you know. Yeah. I don't care. They want to get that commission or whatever. They want to get that commission. It's like, that, I don't know. Like, I mean, who's worse there? You know, exactly. It, 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 there's like no line. It's like they're the same type of people. One cares yeah. a little bit more because of the situation that you stated. You know, they're, but yeah, they, you know, they got to get their money and they'll get it any way they can. Yeah. When, you know, you decided to make this movie, you know, clearly, you know, was this a, I mean, is this a like a movie you made to to kind of bring awareness, full awareness to the situation? Because it's not, you know, getting that attention that it should. Yeah, one hundred percent. Wanted to draw attention to a the cervical check th- um, situation, but I really want people to kind of sit and look at the picture and understand that um, it. The, the people who were affected by it are just are everyday people. And this is what they're faced with. Like we made the film and we could walk away at the end of the day. You want to understand is that you make a sandwich every day in the way Kleena made our sandwiches and made our cups of tea and made the breakfast for the kids. But they, the people who this is affected, can't could never walk away from it. That's slowly eventually it's going to catch and you know kids can't get breakfast 
No. I think, I mean, of course, like I said, it, this movie just kind of tears you apart as you, you know, f- go further into the movie. And, but it's, it, I think the hardest thing to see is just the fact that, like, all these women are going through this and really no one knows other, like, it, cause they won't tell any, they don't tell anybody. At least from what we see on the screen, they haven't gone to anybody to say, hey, I'm sick. I, it's all just kind of they're going through their life until they physically can't and then the way it ends is it's tragic well it's at the stage where there's it was too late treatment no too late lied to you. the scene of you coming in you know you playing the minister and uh in your publicist correct which is uh is it aisling o'neill ashley ashley o'neill ashley okay thank you yeah, I mean, Ashling is a is a man. She is a legacy of acting in Ireland. Um, she's been in everything. She's a splendid actor. It was very gracious to give us our to give us our time for that for for the film. Like you know, she does a great job of being a hateable character, of being a hateable person. You know, your character is is also one that, you know, at the end of the conversation when you're having that conversation with uh, is is it did you say Kalina? Cleaner, uh, cleaner, cleaner. You know, when you're done with that conversation, it like the whole thing with the getting, uh, getting tea. I think it was from her, from the assistant. That whole scene, it was, it drove me nuts because it's like this major situation is happening, and yet these two people are kind of just going about it like nothing's wrong. It's fine. We're gonna bit. We're gonna try to bury this. We're gonna try to, you know any way we can to make sure that this doesn't get out and cause a big issue. And you both play it, play it so well, but it's just, it's so easy to just be like these, ah, terrible, just terrible people, terrible people. Yeah. It's kind of the pigs at the trough really, you know, um, like they're standing on a moral high ground with no morals and they know, they know what they're doing. They don't care, you know. Like yeah. they know she ha- she probably suffers from um this kind of you know kind of triggers from weird sounds to you. Know, they know they've read her foil. They know what mm-hmm. she is. You know she has slight autism. So they know they they're, they're doing all this to kind of really grind it in. Um, but again, it's 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 a total representation of of every person like that. And um, I remember um, Oliver Stone did something similar in W uh, W, as as he called it, when they all sit down eating the cake in 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 the, in the Oval Office that uh, that time. You know, I remember watching that that scene where they're just sitting spilling cake, and and uh, Tarantino did it as well in Glorious Bastards with. Um, when uh, uh, Lada, yeah, Lada, Christoph Waltz yeah. starts eating the, the cream and the and his, <laughs> the, you know, it's like, motherfuckers, like you know, you know everything that's going on here, and all you're caring about is stuffing your face and drinking your cup of fucking tea, you know. And what makes it even harder in that scene um, was that. The character clean had bought those cakes for the guy she likes for his yeah. birthday. You know, they 
talking. They don't care, you know. It's, it's hard. Even I remember watching it for the first time. I, you know, I wanted to punch myself in the face. You know? <laughs> I'm over here. I'm like. Yeah. The, the the crazy thing was is when I saw it when I you know when I watched the the film and you know I get through the 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 entire scene and I was just so angry in that situation I didn't even realize it was you I had to I had to like I had to like pause and like look to see who I was like oh it's it's actually Robbie that's oh my yeah I just that whole thing just it gets you in such a blind rage because of just how can you say this without just wanting to throw up like just physically be sick because of just you're playing off these horrific situations with just zero care because you don't um, want to get in trouble yeah that, that's it um, but I've been in situations I mean like the character of the minister he's not just the minister and someone that was in the moment of the cervical situation he is a re- that guy is a representation of that weak male, you know that that universal weak male oh, yeah. who pans himself off as being the moral guy, but is so spineless and weak that he'll hide behind anyone and everything just so he doesn't get caught out, you know. And I'm, I know there's every woman in the world has been in a room with a man like that. Every man in the world has been in a room with a boss like that. Uh, I've been in, I, I dealt with officers and, and sergeants when I was in the army like that. I know there's been a lot of officers and, and, and sergeants and corporals in the army who were amazing men um, and would tell you straight up, look, you know, you're being a shit, so you're in trouble now. There's others who would be like, um, you know, the, the weaker the weaker masculine man who was good at paperwork and all of a sudden he's a sergeant and completely abuses his power, you know, and um, was never particularly, you, do you know what I mean? Like was never, oh, yeah. yeah. And then this, this cleaner um, represents every woman who was silenced by that, you know, who, might necessarily have had the resources to stand up and go fucking fuck you, you know what I mean? Um, and then of course we have Ashland's character who enables people like that, you know. Um, yeah, maybe I'm getting a bit preachy here. So, so there's so much different underlying meanings within that scene. I mean, um, a lot of it's it's strange, like you. A lot of people. It's really impressive that you didn't bring up the the clock to me within that scene. Like, um, there's a lot of people kind of focus on the clock in that scene, um, which was purposely left there, stopped on on the same time. You know. Oh. Dang, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I guess so. I usually uh, notice stuff like that. I yeah, I didn't. I didn't even notice the clock to be. I didn't notice it that that the time had never changed. Yeah, we have. We actually have the thing ticking like like so where it know? looks like, where it's like broken where it the uh, where it looks like it's oh, yeah. trying to move we have yeah. like that at work yeah it's trying to like, like like when 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 people some people watch it and they say you know the clock was broken that scene and they, <laughs> you know, focused on the smallest problem in the room i guess i was just so angry at, at the entire situation i just didn't realize the the that's the, the simple thing in the room where i was just more focused on that 
I love that people pick can pick different things out, and you know, me, I guess I'm just not the most observant person. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's this movie is just is it's beautifully made. You created something that I, so many people need to see. This needs to be viewed by you know any any anybody and everyone you know out there. Uh, is there anything else that you wanna you wanna add before we kind of get into the end of the show? I want to ask you some non the letters questions. Uh, I want to have like a little conversation about you, um, Angela. Do you have anything else you want to ask before? No. Or right, do you want to add anything, Robbie, about about the movie before we move on? Um. Well, yeah. If anybody wants to watch it, you can get it on Tubi and Amazon Prime and uh, Flix Fling, Memento. Uh, it's been. I think it's going up on Apple TV soon. Um, Very nice. The uh, Tarion uh, Filmocracy and a whole bunch of streaming services that where it's available. The Sling and Dish as well. Um, it's available on Sling TV and Dish Network. Yeah, I saw it's also on Plex as well. I don't know if anyone's you, whoever uses yeah. Plex. Um, it's also got. there. Before before we end this, I want to ask you some some questions personally like the uh, so you you've been in the industry I, I saw that you wrote your first short in 2009 yeah and so you've been you've been around the block for a bit what like do you remember like the instance in your life where you're like i want to be a filmmaker or i want to be an actor or whatever or you know in that sense um I remember always wanting to be involved in film. I remember, I remember, um, like I've always had a deep, deep love for it. So, um, my grandfather watched cinema and film religiously, um, which in turn made, you know, made me have to sit and watch constantly film with him. Uh, and it was something that always stayed with me. Uh, I never really kind of pursued it until I was, I think it was like, 18 or 19 before I, I'd done any kind of acting class or anything like that. And once I did start that, I got the bug, as they say, and kind of went from there. Um, but I remember always, always inquiring about it as I was growing up. And um, but in Dublin, you know, kind of sent to work early at my age. I was 15 when I got my first job, you know. Um, but then when I did get more into acting, um, I studied when I first started studying when I worked for the railway. And then when I went into the military, I was at a loose end and I started taking classes during the week at nights, you know, uh, during the week. Yeah. Weekdays at night I would study. And then, yeah, when I wasn't getting the parts, we started learning how to write. Yeah, just complete another student of watching movies just movies 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 and um yeah just kind of slowly just progressed into doing it bit, bit by bit by bit that's that's a that's a journey right there well we got to ask you because i feel like everyone needs to be asked this question especially if you're in the industry you know making movies yourself what is your favorite movie come on <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> um, I have a few that I would revisit, so I don't have a favorite. Um, I think 
certain films are close to perfect. Uh, God, that sounded rehearsed. Uh, <laughs> I think modern, there's some modern films that you can watch um, again and again and again. And if you're doing that with some films, I think they're the type of movies that are close to perfect. When you're older, you can appreciate, um, you can go back. So modern films, I think... Um, he would be would be uh, close to something that would be a perfect film. Um, seven, um, yes. um it's just so perfect. Um, I'm trying to think so if, you, if we if we look back, um, I think, uh, God, I, I'm God, oh God, I'm gonna say, people are probably gonna slate me for saying this. I think the notebook is is so beautiful. I really love it. I, I kind of have to agree. It is a very well done movie, even though I think it's Your it's face. a lot of people just think it's it's very overplayed and it's good though. I think that was a mold it's, though. It's not also yeah. And um, if you think uh, if I look back, say from a kid in the when I was the eighties, um, Predator, Aliens, pretty cool, you know. Um, I think ET is. Is is gorgeous. Um, but if we go back even further, um, the original King Kong, um, probably one of the first movies I ever watched. Um, I think it was the first films, the earliest film I remember watching. Uh, Watership, the original Watership Down, I think, is is a work of art. Um, Streetcar Named Desire, um, on the waterfront, Hood, um. So many, so many greats. I mean, you could go on all day, but these are films where we would revisit and revisit and watch again and again and again, you know. Uh, I only watched it again the other night for the, uh, for the first time in a while and realised how bloody brilliant it is, is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Um, it's just, I mean, David Mamet, uh, um, Al Pacino, you know, Jack Lemmon, it's, it's Ed Harris. Alec Baldwin, it is such a great movie. Uh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And I haven't even touched on anything with Scorsese. I mean, Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull. I mean, the whole opening of The Letters is a, is a, is a love letter to the opening of Raging Bull, you know? Yeah, I definitely I definitely can, can sense that from, from watching it. Yeah. Well, if you take the opening to Raging Bull... It's it's the, the the stereotypical view of the animalistic man, um, of the the nail, the the pugilist, the the black and white raw gritty man, the boxer. So with the letters, I wanted to show the opposite end of the spectrum. I wanted to show what uh, what is the stereotypical view of the feminine, soft, caring, beautiful woman and it's the ballerina um, and that's why it's in color it's why we have the ballerina and that's why we have ballerina rusticana opening the film and that's it was the yeah so <laughs> that's, i do want to ask a question though going back to the letters now uh i saw a lot of people with uh, the last name walsh did you have a lot of family work on this movie as well yeah my two Younger brothers um, helped me produce the film. 
my the three of the girls in it are my nieces and dad helped me get the film made and my of course my nieces means that my sister and uh, when I say my nieces so my uncle Joseph is is very close to my age uh, he's like a year and a half older than me so they were his two daughters um, and then you had my sister's daughter um, so and uh, you know, one of the girls in it, Rachel Walsh, um, we had an actress pull out 24 hours before filming. And I, I was like, I need an actress for tomorrow. So I went through my Facebook page in one of the acting groups and I seen the name Walsh. I looked and seen Rachel and went, interesting face. She's a Walsh. She's not going to let me down. <laughs> yeah, one, of the, one of the blonde girls who plays one of the helpers in the movie, you know? Oh, okay. Really, really, yeah. yeah, they were, they were great too. Like these really like the side characters who, you know, they're, you know, just interacting with those characters are fantastic. Lindsay Doyer, wonderful, wonderful actor. Um, um, yeah, she, Lindsay and Rachel um, came in. They one of the few um, add a little bit of levity to the film, you know, the kids, yeah. young Tony Lee, who is a friend of mine's daughter who, End up giving getting, getting us one of the houses to film in, and she plays the other the other daughter. Um, yep. And uh, is it John John Connors is the one who played the Michael? Yeah, John, wonderful Irish actor. Uh, he was the helper, right? He was the one who came in to look after uh, Mary's mom. Yeah, he plays Mary's brother in the film. Yeah, so. he, John John is a, a, a of the of the traveler. Um, he would be a how, how do I say this he he would be the traveler race and he's a big advocate for uh, inclusion and equality there with with um, with travelers and with um, uh, groups and stuff like that and he's a very very well-known famous actor here in the world you know? very well respected great actor yeah every everybody in this in in the film is fantastic and uh, this movie needs to be seen. Robbie, what do you got? Well, actually, before we go, what do you have? Are you working on anything new right now that you can talk about, or you know, what what uh, what do you got going on in your life? Um, I just recently shot, went back to acting there the other day. I shot a Sundance TV thing on Virgin Media, an AMC show called The Vanishing Triangle. That'll be out soon, and um. I'm working on I'm working on developing two things now. Uh, so once the letters uh, we're screening in New York and hopefully LA soon. So once the letters I can I can finally just kind of put it out into the world and let people find it. Uh, I'll be working on my next project. Um, one is about um, it's kind of a rocky story uh, set in the world of drag shows. And another is just about a guy who goes around bars meeting people. Yeah, it's going to be a jazz movie. We definitely want to talk to you again and talk, you know, in the future about your future projects. Uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on the show. And, you know, uh, the letters, seriously, everybody, go watch the letters wherever it's available. And, uh, Robbie, thank you for being here. Thanks very much for having me. And I appreciate you guys supporting indie films. It's great what you do. I mean, keep doing it. Absolutely. Thanks very much. We really yeah. appreciate it. 
Uh, where can people uh, where can people find you on the socials? Um, you get me uh, or it's it's weird. It's like R B W L S H. It's like it's just a lazy Twitter tag. And yeah, Facebook, Instagram, same thing. R B W L S H. Like yeah. So that's where you'll get me there. Alrighty. You get you want to get the get the films that you know they're available everywhere. You know. Absolutely. So at, we're going to be posting all of Robbie's links down in the description. We're going to post where you can find the letters uh, so you guys can ex- experience this movie because it needs to be seen by a lot more people. And again, Robbie, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're definitely going to, I definitely would love to have you back on the show down the road. Uh, yeah, I need to. I'll go to All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this special episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, make sure again, check out the letters and uh, check out all of Robbie's other works. Like I said, everything will be down in the description, but until next time I am Brett Parker. That is Angela DNA gaming. And that is Robbie Walsh. We'll see y'all again next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye, boy.